Well, this time of year, we do have a chance to have a year in review with various people, those mostly who have had made, you know, an impact or made the headlines or have a place in the news cycle. Well, one such person, of course, is Pierre Polyev, who has been making himself known to Canadians after winning the leadership of the Conservative Party, taking his place at the helm of the official opposition. He's joined us to reflect on 2022 and look ahead to the new year. Pierre Polyev, what have Canadians learned about you? Well, I think it's that I'm obsessed with uh, fighting inflation. Um, The cost of government has been driving up the cost of living uh, with uh, half trillion dollars of inflationary deficits bidding up goods we buy and interest we pay. And uh, that has been my major preoccupation. We've got to get the cost of government under control, cut the waste, get the deficit and the inflation down. I think that probably comes from my own uh, beginnings. I, I, we didn't grow up poor in Calgary, but we, we certainly weren't rich either. I was you know, born of a 16-year-old unwed uh, mother who had to put me up for adoption to two school teachers. Um, and uh, they always taught me that you know, it didn't matter where I came from, it mattered where I was going. And um, that's the kind of country I want my kids to inherit. Um, and including my little boy, Cruz, here is just playing on the piano. You might be able to hear him in the background. I do hear him. Um, he's a real... Yeah, he, he's a real, um, uh, it's a real masterpiece, so you can, as you can tell. But uh, listen, I think, uh, you know, I'm a born-bred uh, Western Canadian. I uh, come from pretty typical suburban Calgary neighborhood. And I just want this to be a country where people feel like they can work hard, buy a home, start a family, save for the future, have a secure retirement. And uh, that all of those basic um, things you took for granted are, are under attack right now, and I'm fighting back uh, to restore them. You mentioned inflation. There's also interest rates, and uh, you touched on the housing crisis. But many of your critics would point out that this is really an international thing and not a Canadian issue. What do you say to that? Well, a couple of things. First of all, we don't import our housing from the rest of the world, and yet somehow land prices have gone up by 20 to 30% in just over a year. We, the you know, land uh, is not something we bring in from other parts of the world. We have it right here at home. Second thing I would point out is that countries that did not engage in insane deficit spending over the last two years, countries like Switzerland, don't have inflation crises. Their, their inflation is very modest. So the decision to, to spend vastly more than we needed has brought a real a burden onto people. Now, we all agree that we had to spend on covid but we didn't have to spend a half a trillion dollars, 40% of which did not even go to COVID. And, we, and the COVID money we did spend didn't have to go to dead people and prisoners. And uh, we didn't have to have $4 billion of overpayments. We didn't have to have a $54 million wasteful COVID um, Arrive Can app. We didn't have to increase the budget of Canada Senate by 70%. All of these spend expenditures are being passed on through inflation and higher prices for Canadians. And I want to cap government spending, cut the waste, lower the tax burden, and unleash our businesses to build more, create more, and provide more affordable goods. Are you able to reach out to Canadians with that message? Maybe even people who have previously voted Liberal and even NDP? Look, I, I can. We, When I ran my leadership campaign, we signed up 312,000 members, many of whom had never been a party member before. They'd been Green, NDP, Liberal, or have never voted. And they were inspired by my message that they could take back control of their lives 
and that they could once again um, live in a country where hard work pays off. You can climb the ladder. And I think okay, there's a yearning for that. You know that young guy living in his mom's basement at age 35 because home prices are up over a million bucks in Vancouver? He wants a place to live. I'm proposing solutions like incentivizing our municipalities to speed up and lower the cost of, of building permits, that that young guy can go out and get a home, start a family, and build his life. Uh, these are the kinds of inspiring, aspirational messages that I'll be taking to Canadians over the next several months, and I believe that it will be enough to win the election. And if we had you over around a Christmas dinner, are you going to be all doom and gloom, or is there something that uh, you feel optimistic about heading into the next year? I feel very optimistic right now. Uh, we have um, the best country in the world. Look, we have second biggest land mass the most educated and diverse population. We're next to the most lucrative economy in the world. We have four major coasts. We have the third biggest supply of oil, the sixth biggest supply of natural gas, the sixth biggest supply of lithium for electric car batteries. We have um, brilliant newcomers, 500,000 brilliant newcomers every year. We have incredible potential as a country, but we are being held back by the Trudeau government. Now, that's a pr the problem you can fix. And so we're going to fix it. We're going to get a new government that will unleash the potential of our country and let, uh, let our, our, our people fulfill their dreams. Let's uh, reflect on 2022 for you. Big year, obviously. Uh, you've taken the helm of the Conservative Party. But what other things do you think or could you give yourself credit for? In the last year, I think that I, think that I have brought forward the intense frustrations of people um, particularly young people who want the ability to own a home. No one was talking about that before I came onto the scene. And I've also offered solutions, you know, like, for example, um, my proposal is that we would link the number of infrastructure dollars big city governments get for to the number of houses they allow to be built so that they'll speed up and lower the cost of building permits. And I'm going to uh, require that all federally funded transit stations uh, have pre-approved high-density housing around them. I'm going to sell 15% of our unused federal buildings to turn that into housing. I'm going to encourage First Nations communities who are uh, that want to that want to uh, to um, make uh, housing pro projects possible, like the Squamish have done in Vancouver, uh, where they've allowed 6,000 new units to be built for the benefit of their people. So I'm going to unleash a big building boom in the housing sector, and that's going to mean young people will have places to live, to start families, to build their dreams, home equity, collateral, and an economic future. That's what I put on the table. It was the most important thing I could have put on the table in 2022, and now in the years ahead, let's make it a reality. Now it's just Bruce Claggett and Pierre Polyev talking. If you had a chance to redo or re-say something that you've done or said maybe that you regret over the past year, what would it be? Oh, geez, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a long list in an average year. I, I'm sure I've made my share of mistakes, but I um, can't think of the, the, the one I would take uh, this year um, more than others. I think I would just say that um, every day I ha we, we all have to almost like prosecute ourselves to make sure that we're doing the best we can to remember the people who are less fortunate um, and to remember also that we're not perfect in government. Um, I think, um, you know, I think politicians should mm. learn to use the term, the three words, I don't know, more often, because we don't have all the answers to every question. And I think we all could use more humility in accepting that. So that, that I think that from time to time, like every other politician, yeah. I could use 
those three words, I don't know, to show the humility that I don't have all the answers and none of us does. But, the, but, but when listening to the people, we'll get the best ones. For the leader of the Conservative Party, what are Canadian values? You know, I, the, the great thing about Canada is that everybody is different. Um, I, I think the most important value is freedom. And, uh, you know, the great Prime Minister Laurier was asked, what's Canada's nationality? Mm-hmm. And he said, Canada is free and freedom is its nationality. And what he meant by that is it's, we're not a Scottish people, we're not an English people, we're not a French people, we're not a, uh, any particular ethnicity. We are, we are the whole world, and that was even true back then. Um, and so that means that there is no one set of values that just defines every single Canadian. But we all have the freedom to, to live out our own values with as little interference as possible by the state, as long as freedom to me means the ability to do what you want as long as you don't hurt anyone else. And that has allowed us to come to this country and practice Islam, Judaism, Christianity, Hinduism, or no religion at all. It has allowed us to um, to live uh, our, our own lives in our own way. And I think that's the greatest thing about Canada is you can just be yourself and everyone will let you be and, and live and let live. Is there a place for a social safety net in there and maybe even a improved one? Absolutely. The role of government is to do the things that people cannot do for themselves. And in many cases, people can't provide themselves with health care or an income or addiction treatment. Um, and so you need a safe social safety net funded by a prosperous economy that can step in and provide. And uh, to do that, um, we need to make sure the money is, delivers results. I don't just believe in writing big fat checks. I think we have to focus on making sure we get the best results for the people who need it most. We also need to have a booming economy to provide the revenue to pay the salaries of our nurses, doctors, teachers, social workers. So absolutely, a a core social safety net is required. Look, I wouldn't be where I am without it. I I went to a public school. I I grew up in a a neighborhood uh, where uh, you needed to have public roads and public policing. So, um, you know, when you're adopted uh, from a 16-year-old uh, unwed mother, you need a social safety net, and you also need a local family and charity that help uh, get you on your feet and where you're going. And I'll never forget where I came from. And yet there are Canadians that are, quite frankly, a little afraid of you. They think that you may have too much flirtation with the extreme right or the alt-right. Is that fair? No. Uh, look, uh, I my, my values are Canadian values. I believe, you know, if if I were to start a new political party, it would be called the Mind Your Own Business Party. That is to say, every person should be allowed to make their own decisions and live freely as long as they don't harm anyone else. So um, that's why why I believe we should have less government control over what we say, what we think, what we do with our money. Uh, I basically want to empower Canadians to make their own decisions and live their own lives. The government should only step in and do those things that we can't do for ourselves, health care, education, schools, roads, police, borders, military, etc. But then leave free people to make their own decisions. Um, right now we have a prime minister who wants to run everybody's lives. He wants to regulate what you see and say on the internet. He wants to take an increasing share of your paycheck. He um, wants to... Um, force you to download a silly app just across the border, and uh, the list goes on. I don't want to run your life. I want to give you the, empower you to run your own life. What do we have in store for 2023? Are you going to continue to reach out to uh, people 
What's your What's your goal? Yeah, I want to continue to paint the picture of what the country would look like when I'm prime minister. And I think the picture you will see is that it, we will restore the promise that hard work pays off and that we can be a self-sufficient country, again, make things here in Canada. Uh, we learned during COVID that it was a mistake to be over-reliant on the rest of the world. And so what I believe is we need to quickly approve uh, more mines for lithium, cobalt, uh, graphite, and nickel so that we can supply the minerals for electric car batteries here in Canada. We need to approve more hydroelectric dams to have clean electricity, more uh, nuclear power so that we can decarbonize our electricity grid. We, can, we need to supply ourselves with the basic necessities in this abundant land of ours, something we're not doing right now. We need to bring it home, and that's going to be a big part of my message in 2023. Well, we look forward to it. I also look forward to uh, next time you're out to having a chance to have a chat with you, maybe even take you out for coffee. I like that very much, Bruce, and uh, it's too bad that I'm not out there now. We could go out and enjoy a nice eggnog uh, and <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, a little bit of something strong, yeah. a little something strong in there. I never heard either. I, you know, uh, as Churchill said, as Churchill said, alcohol has taken much out of me, but not as much as I've taken out of it. Exactly. And I'll hold you to it. We'll uh, have a all chance right. to uh, chat all the best to you for the holidays and in the year ahead.